and welcome to another episode of Two Bearded Losers. Uh, this is our episode 50 spectacular. Um, I thought it would be great, um, 50 episodes, let's try a live stream. And if this goes great tonight, you know, at least by our low standards, this might be a weekly occurrence. But uh, I am Eric from Hey Internet, Eric here. And as always, I am with the man that would be my favorite athlete, even if he missed the winning field goal because the laces weren't out. My buddy, Friends. Uh, how you doing, Frenzy? I'm hanging in there. It's not, in there? it's not going exactly the way I planned, but hey, baby steps. That's right. Um, did you honestly all before we get into tonight's like episode? Did you really think we'd make it fifty episodes? No. In fact, did I knew for a fact that we weren't going to make it? So it's like I'm <laughs> living in some false reality right now. But that reminds me of you thought. Did I? I warned you and said I had a message or an announcement <laughs> for tonight, and you immediately thought I was quitting. I did. So well, I, I never fucking know with you. That's the thing. Is that something you want to reveal now, or is that going to be like you know, uh, an uh, and uh, something no. you're going to just say out of the blue? We'll wait till the end, oh, so great. it doesn't ruin okay. the episode. All right. Well, we will get to it. Um, <clears throat> right now, we figured, at least at least I figured, Frenzy was kind of he wasn't too sure. At least when I initially told him what we're going to talk about tonight, I figured since it was an on this was an ongoing theme of the show. Since episode one, basically, I figured tonight, episode 50, would be the perfect time for us to finally talk about The Shining. Now, if you have lived under a fucking rock <laughs> since 1980, at least with the film version of The Shining, it is basically, Jack Nicholson is a caretaker at the Overlook Hotel. There's ghosts, drives them crazy. The kid can talk to people. Magical black man shows up. People die. The end. Uh, <laughs> we'll get We'll get to it more, obviously. Our running theme is basically, well, basically, Frenzy, it's, it's, it's how we hate The Shining. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this at you. I don't hate The Shining. I just think it's one of the most overrated horror movies out there. And overrated is one of those terms that every fucking person throws out. The reason why I think it's overrated, because it's one of those movies, in my opinion, that everyone praises. You know, this is a masterpiece. Stanley Kubrick is fantastic. It's just like, you know, The Exorcist is a masterpiece. Halloween is a masterpiece, all that type of stuff. And my take on this is there are some fantastic shots. I enjoy some characters that everyone else shits on, we'll get to. Um, as a fan of the book, I mean, I watched, I've seen this movie probably a dozen times before I actually read the book. Um, the problem with me is I don't give a shit that everything's different. You know, I like the Pet Cemetery remake, and they 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 made that really different. My problem is, you know, with the Jack character is, you know, since it's Jack Nicholson, the fucker's crazy. You know, on the long drive initially there, and I think Jack goes back and forth from being scary to a pun throwing like comic book supervillain, and I t think that takes away a lot of the menace. So that's me. That's me saying it in a nutshell, which will 
you know, we'll get into uh, your initial opinion on The Shining. Oh, well, unfortunately, it's very complicated. And I've tried since the beginning to talk about these things, but especially in our Stephen King episode, but I don't really want to talk about my my relationship with this movie, but I kind of have mm-hmm. to, so I'm going to just try to keep it as short and sweet as possible. Sure. Obviously, this is a fantastic movie. It's It's a Stanley Kubrick movie. First of all, so like I know that you have this huge problem with the horror community and hype and all those things and p- things that have been shoved down your throat. The yeah. reason I talk shit about this movie is mm-hmm. because I feel that I've earned the right and a lot of people <laughs> haven't. And I'm so it's just the perfect storm of mm-hmm. as I got to this age, like of knowing everything about this movie, all Stanley Kubrick movies and all everything about this. And there's really no more mystery to it. And at the mm-hmm. same time, as I was getting tired of it, uh, this surge of popularity, just it, it's always been a popular movie, but now it's to the point that it is actually offensively annoying. The way that you're you're always responding to mm-hmm. things and like how the community's praise and all that. I don't pay yeah. attention to any of that, but with this, it's so in your face, like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it, I feel like a hypocrite talking this way because it's mostly just love. It's just right. pure joy and happiness and love and intrigue and inspiration, all these things from a bunch of nerds and want to be artists and all it's, it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. It's this huge deal of a movie, but at the same time, it used to be this little uh, niche thing that like mm-hmm. the cool kids had like, you know, huge com- We used to have conversations and nitpick and stuff. And it's just one of these things where it's just not cool anymore, mm-hmm. but that's not, that's not the whole of it either. Um, I do think it's silly and it's a, um, you know, a less important Kubrick movie, but I have to back up what I'm saying in that even a lesser Kubrick movie is still just, you know, in a different league compared to everything else. And that sounds like pretentious. It probably is, but you are what you watch. I've I've always said that it's not my problem Mm -hmm. if you don't appreciate Kubrick and all the things that he's done. It's, and and I'm not talking to you directly, but there are a lot of people that will mm-hmm. lump him in because this movie's so hype. This is the Exorcist is nothing compared to this, like literally nothing. William, I love William Freak, and I've seen all of his movies. I he's one of my mm-hmm. favorite director. He is nothing compared to Stanley Kubrick. He's in a, Kubrick's in a different league, and that sucks because it sounds okay. like I'm such an asshole. Like, and I know you get upset because no, you, you interpret it as like cock. I'm sucking his cock or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but. This begs the question, The Shining and this discussion and us being honest about it, what is art? Mm-hmm. Is there differences between higher art and lower art? Yes, there is. And yeah. all of these things need to be fleshed out because it's not a simple, I hate this movie because I think it's overrated. Right. No. Um, I have a huge, like, I've got so much to say. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, this this ties in with my connection, my, my relationship with Stephen King, too. And we, yeah. what's interesting about this, we come from two different places, me and you. And mm-hmm. um, some other people, the guests we've had on here and stuff. And this will be interesting because I'm I'm coming from a completely different place than you are. And I have a really kind of weird um, relationship with Stanley Kubrick and Stephen King, especially Stephen King. So do I hate this movie? Obviously not. I think right. I think if you hate this movie, then on some level you failed as a as a human, as a person mm-hmm. that like right. you don't. It's not, I know I'm, I'm, I kind of pity you if you hate this movie. Like, I don't even think about things like that, how it's completely mm-hmm. been absorbed by right. the mainstream 
uh, masses. Like 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 I said, like little kids have shining carpet um, pattern book bags, like elementary mm-hmm. school. And hipsters yeah. at Waffle House have the shining socks, and everyone thinks yeah. they have all these deep conspiracy theories about it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's laughable because right. anyone who knows anything about the shining knows it's it's not a movie about the Holocaust or the gold standard or anything. It's just a scary movie about mm-hmm. um at the end of a relationship. And, and mm-hmm. we'll get into this. I just mm-hmm. want to lay out my final thing before we I throw it back to you. In that, I think this movie is very misunderstood too very misunderstood especially by stephen king fans believe it or not because but we'll get into that i can't i can't do it without jumping right to all my points but um That's i think fine. you said this is just gonna be a shit storm it's like no. love it hate it i want to talk i want to make fun of it but i have to try to defend it and i hate stephen king but i love him at the same time mm-hmm. it's like we're in therapy well see see that's the thing that's the thing like i'm in a stephen king group and i'm in a lot of groups for like you know you know fans of this certain thing like you know i'm in a fan a group of stephen king fans but i'm also in a grand, uh, group of like fucking three stooges fans you know stuff like that and to be an actual fan you have to be able to criticize a person's work as well it's not like you know you got one of these people where you know you better like all the all the fucking stooges or else you're not a true fan or you hate a stephen king book well then you're not a true fan sorry firestarter fucking sucked it was boring as shit deal with it the movie sucks too <laughs> I haven't seen that in, in like 20 years, but you said it perfectly because the we, the reason like this movie is so like every, it draws everybody in is because of like the hype train and you know the people you know everything is it's like our our usual you know puppy that we like to kick Avengers Endgame you know I don't get that fucking movie either or I think it's more boring than The Shining you know I think it's got less likable characters at least this had Scatman Crothers you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but still, it, and that was the perfect way you said that. And the first thing I want to get to this when it comes to this movie is like, you know me, I'm always the, the like, I think you said it in Freaks, the last episode, you called me like the defender of the underdog because I'm always saying, watch a remake. You know why? Even if you hate it, you know, it still draws the attention to the original. You know, a lot of people don't know that this movie is a remake of that, you know, or watch the remake anyway, because you might actually see a good movie. Get off your fucking high horse and watch this. So I wanted to kind of run into, <laughs> keep that underdog idea going. I want to talk about everyone shits on Shelley Duvall in this movie. Yep. I really enjoy her performance. Why? Now, everyone knows the stories about Stanley Kubrick, you know, yelling at her, making her do, you know, depending on how you read, either 40 takes of her swinging the baseball bat or 150, you know, treating her bad just to get her frazzled. Some people might say that's good motivation. Me, I say that's him being, you know, a fat bearded dick. But either way, I think it gave a realistic performance. You know, everyone shits on her. She can't hold the baseball bat right. She's, you know, she's she's olive oil. All this stupid shit. I like her from the moment I see her because when we first see her, it's all stuff with her and Danny, the little boy. It establishes how much she cares for her son. Um, and that goes from the beginning to the end of this movie and that's what i love and then i love like obviously you know it's a toxic relationship between her and jack you know not just you know the alcoholism and you know she she already or he already hurt danny once we don't know if it's any other times because there's more stuff in the book like i think he beat up like one of his high school students in the book because he was drunk or something but you can tell that this is a toxic relationship. You can tell she is afraid of Jack, 
but she doesn't want to show it. Like everyone says she's a weak character and they, that's why they prefer like Rebecca de Mornay uh, in, the, in the remake. I don't really remember Rebecca de Mornay in the re- remake because that movie is like fucking four hours long. But that's what I like about Shelly here. You know, she, she is meek, but like the, one of my favorite scenes is when she walks in on Jack and he's already starting to become Jack Nicholson. You know what I mean? And she interrupts his typing and he does his little shtick, like, you know, whatever the fuck you hear me doing, you know, get out of here because I'm working. And you can tell she wants to piss her pants because this situation has happened many, many times before. But I like how Shelly just stands there and she takes it just like, okay, I'm sorry. Sure. And again, a lot of people see that as meek and weak, but I'm just like, you know what? It was Thursday. You know, it's time for Jack to yell at me for interrupting his typing. So that's what I really like. And then what I like is when, again, the one, other than the, the scene with the axe, the other famous scene that people mention about Shelley Duvall is when she's backing up the stairs and she's, you know, she's gingerly swinging the bat. That, that's realism, okay? She's tired, she's scared, she's frightened, she's exhausted, all those, all those uh, words you want to use. This isn't some fucking choreographed bullshit. It's like, you know, if you're getting in a fight, it's not, it's not going to be like Jet Li or any of that stupid shit where they know when the punches are coming. Real fights are dirty. They're messy. People slip and trip and all that stuff. That's why I like the way she is acting in that. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's trying to catch her breath. She can't hold the fucking bat straight, but she's not thinking about that. Her concern is to keep her crazy fucking husband away from her because he's already threatened to bash your brains in, you know, that whole, you know, line where I'm just going to bash your fucking brains in. I like everything she does in this film. I don't get the hate. I don't know if it's because all the negativity from how Stanley, you know, air quotes treated her to maybe her just being super fucking overshadowed by Jack Nicholson eating up every bit of scenery on set. That's just my take. I absolutely love Shelley Duvall in this. And I think she doesn't get the credit she deserves in it. I'm actually shocked. This is the main, this is the main point of everything that I'm going to say. I don't have anything planned, but this, the first major point I I was going to make, I can't believe this, this is shocking that this is the first one you brought up. Mm -hmm. Shelley Duvall in this movie this is we might as well just go down this rabbit hole now and I, i'll really? tell you exactly why people hate shelly duvall and they think it's all because people film buffs um movie aficionados when you start watching this is a movie you watch um not for fun exactly but to to start like you know soaking in world cinema and all that bullshit when you're a teenager mm-hmm. right and right. most of these people are dudes and they're gonna people some people are gonna take this the wrong way but this is fucking reality Okay, and I am not some social justice warrior. This just happens to be what the reason why this movie is so misunderstood. This is a big reason. Teenage boys, that's the target audience for this. 15 to 35-year-old men. And when mm-hmm. I even I even bought into this when I was a teenager. When you see this movie, you you um you you glamorize directors and their their legacies and you're, because at the same time you're you're being struck with uh something you really don't understand but you know mm-hmm. is like profound all these stanley kubrick movies and just in general fellini and bergman and all this stuff so it's just one of these movies that dudes watch and they get really pumped about and they have this behind the scenes um stanley kubrick's daughter made a behind the scenes documentary for the shining full metal jacket and eyes wide shut but they never released the the later two and in this yeah, documentary so. there's a couple the documentary comes with the DVD and everything for the making of mm-hmm. The Shining. Um, 
in this documentary, they show a few of these moments where Stanley Kubrick ye- is yelling at Shelley Duvall mm-hmm. and trying to get more out of her and all these things. And they've, they've right. made this, they've turned it into this myth that Stanley Kubrick is this abusive director and that Shelley Duvall is like a stupid, worthless bitch, mm-hmm. right? She doesn't know right. her place. She's our, she's complaining in the documentary about wanting warm soup and people yeah. yelling at her. That's not reality. That's that's just a dramatized documentary, right? Mm-hmm. The reality is the most important character in the movie is Shelley Duvall. Okay. Right. And the weird thing about this is that Stanley Kubrick doesn't write characters well because he I, I on at some on some level I don't think he gives a shit for the most part, unless he's really inspired. So mm-hmm. um, you know, a clockwork orange and uh Barry Lyndon and like if you've ever seen eyes watch shut it's like laughable there's no characters in that movie the most realistic character is a fucking gay hotel clerk that has a two-minute scene like really because he doesn't care about that but if if he writes an interesting character that has a lot that has like hero qualities and stuff like then it's important and what the weird thing is probably the most realistic like um just hero character he's ever written in for any of his films is Wendy in The Shining. Shelley Duvall mm-hmm. is like the uber final girl, like yep. you can say feminist or whatever. She's the hero of this movie. She's the one keeping them all together. But at the same time, the drama of it is that, and we'll we'll get into this because people always say, well, we have to talk about the book too, unfortunately. They have this talking point. I call it a talking point about how Jack Nicholson, it was crazy from the beginning. The book and the way that it's presented in the 97 Stephen King shining, I think is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, he's never, he's, he's slowly, he goes back and forth. It's this tug of war. He's like, he snaps and he loses his temper and then the family makes up and then he does something else crazy. And then they make up and they back and forth, back and forth until by the end of it, um, after, you know, 700 pages or four hours of movie, he yeah. just snaps. It, it, I think it's ludicrous mm-hmm. in this movie. This is not people complain that, jack is already crazy of course he's already crazy this is the end of the marriage the most interesting part i don't give a shit about their i don't want to see them raising their kid and the honeymoon and all that stuff or the the actual thing that sparked his craziness this is already a downward spiral that's where this movie begins so it's not like he's already of course he is and she's in denial she has Mm -hmm. a doctor that comes to her house uh her her son is fucked in the head he's obviously been abused by jack Mm -hmm. she knows it's all over but who hasn't been in the situation before where you're in a relationship, you know, it's over, but you're in complete denial. And yeah. that's horrifying. Part of that, you know, she knows like in the back of her head. Yeah. He's, he's fucking taking this loser that I married to that I used to love is taking us to this hotel. Like she knows it's not going to work out, but at the same time, she's the hero. She keeps it all together. Uh, amazing actress, amazing performance. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just long story short, the hatred is this i don't know any other way of saying it but chauvinist teenage bullshit of wanting to like hate women and glorify stanley kubrick when in reality he's this guy this huge collaborator don't like he has his problems obviously but he didn't bully um actors he just didn't know how to work with actors we always talk about this like there's a world record for the most takes is the scene with scatman crothers in the kitchen And he's just talking about the shining and eating ice cream. It means nothing. It's fucking stupid, right? He shot that 140 times. You know why? Because Stanley Kubrick's stupid. He makes mistakes. He's a human being. Yes, he's a chess genius. He made all of these incredible movies that are in a different stratosphere. You can't compare this to um, another shitty 
movie with Shelley Duvall that was just a different story they caught him they've a couple times in this documentary him in really bad light when most of the time you know she you can see all the rest of I, I know I'm talking a lot no but this is the reason that's, that's there's fine. this weird legacy history thing of people just completely passing over Shelley Duvall's performance and, and the understanding of that character mm-hmm. because when she's a dumb bitch and Stanley Kubrick's a god yeah Sorry, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm definitely editing this. <laughs> no, I like I I thought that was great. Um, I'm just glad you brought it up first. I know. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna get to the comments too. Is um, we I, I do want to say thanks to the people that are in the chat. Um, we're going to do our best to get to the comments. We just don't want them to be a big of a distraction. But I will say, Cassie from Drinking Dirty in Jersey is here. Movie Massacre is here. Jennifer Tochi, the usual band of misfits that come to the island of misfit toys that is basically two bearded losers so um we uh cassie i am drinking bush because i do like a little bush i'll say that but um <laughs> but that is what's great because i don't know shelly duvall other than popeye and sadly you know crazy you know lumpy shelly duvall that you know thinks robin williams is still alive from dr phil show but i do want to say that you know I, I absolutely love her in this film and we can get to my other main problem with this is, like I said, is I don't give a shit that, you know, it's Jack Nicholson. You know, he's crazy from the beginning. I mean, it's Jack Nicholson. When has he ever played a sane person? Like even in Wolf, he's a fucking lunatic. You know what I mean? And that's a shitty movie that I kind of like because, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer has a faux sex scene, even though yeah, it's with I Jack like Nicholson. <laughs> but my main problem with, with Jack in this is when he's eating up the scenery, half of the time it's really, really good. And then, like I said, half of the time, he's a comic book character. People love Here's Johnny. I don't. I hate that scene. Because to me, again, we'll go to, let's let's suck, you know, Shelley Duvall's dick a little bit more, you know? Her fear in that, probably because of how frazzled she is, is genuine. You know, that scene where the axe finally fucking pierces that door, like, all the way, and she nearly drops the fucking kitchen knife? Fantastic. And then he says something like, he says, here's Johnny. It's just, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's like, you know, uh, Let's go to The Simpsons because, you know, The, the Shining is made fun of, you know, as The Shining. Bart always talks about super, uh, Radioactive Man, how he, it's always puns. He punches a guy into the sun and then he says, hot enough for you. It takes, in The Shining, it takes it away from me. I still want Jack to be terrifying. I don't want him to be some retarded goofball. I hate when he knocks on the door and says, little pigs, little pigs, let me come in and then I'll huff and puff. It just, to me, he's a dork. You know, he, he he is Schwarzenegger or Stallone in a horror movie because we have to, you know, you know, buzzsaw, he had to split, you know, that type of stupid bullshit. And I don't like that. I wish they kept like, the buildup of him getting crazy is great. But when he finally goes ape shit, it's just back and forth. You know, are you scary or are you stupid? Make up your mind. And I know you can't really talk shit to Jack Nicholson, even in 1980. But if Kubrick is such a fantastic director, like there's no movie of his I love from beginning to end other than A Clockwork Orange. If he's such this fucking, you know, God or whatever, he could have told, told Jack one or the other, and he doesn't. And that's my other, I guess, well, you know, that could be my main problem with this film other than the fact that it's two hours and 20 minutes and it could have been an hour and 40. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's absolute perfection. <laughs> I think... <laughs> If you're going into the, I'm just checking out Jay, TV Uncut. Yes, Shining's overrated. You can say that, but not a masterpiece. Obviously, it's not a masterpiece because it's not, mm-hmm. 
it's not Kubrick's best film by a long shot. So it, it could never be a masterpiece. People misuse the term all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you it, I guess you can have multiple, but not really. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're reading into this movie as a Stephen King adaptation and not as just a fun horror movie, then I mm -hmm. guess I can understand that. But to me, the whole... The two main parts of this movie are handled perfectly. Stan, uh, Shelley Duvall and Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson is already crazy, but mm -hmm. the way that he slowly, I think, it's not realistic. It's It was on purpose. Kubrick said he wanted a kabuki performance. That's what he wanted. He wanted okay. something like James Cagney, which is exactly what it is. And James Cagney is one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh -huh. The Jack Nicholson, I think, all that stuff, you to me, that's mm -hmm. just perfection. Like. Okay. Because we're in this insane moment that even the stuff I hate, like the red rum stuff, like everything's uh -huh. going out, everything's working perfectly. And you're kind of like in the moment that uh -huh. you're in this horrifying situation. Shelly Duvall is probably about to die. And then he just breaks with this stupid line of silliness. He's not some per, he's not a perfect, um, uh -huh. well, I mean, what could he have done that, that would have been better than that? It's, it's just like, to me, it's like Roy Scheider and Jaw saying, we're going to need a bigger boat. It's, yeah, it, it's this legacy in this in the the hype and all of these things surrounding it. Just as it is, I think uh -huh. it's amazing. I love that moment. I love all that stuff and the slow. Just like I think the way that it's handled of him, like he's already given up at the beginning, but he has enough. Uh -huh. He cares just enough to try to get this job. But by the yeah. time he's there, he doesn't get. He knows it's game over, and we know it's game over too. It's like how are they going to get out of this? Um, the thing is about that is I do like what would have been great for me is i like okay I, I i guess i'll sound like a little bit of a hypocrite because i do love the line when he cuts through the first door and he says wendy i'm home that's great because he's not like a cartoon character like i do like i do like how you know he's knocking on the door before he starts chopping yeah stop it right there don't make <laughs> him like you know that was my problem that's my problem with freddy krueger you know one-liners are great but by freddy's dead he's he's you know he's bugged bunny it's too much you know what I mean? And and that is my problem. I think that's with, a stretch to compare Freddy Krueger in any of those shitty sequels to Jack Torrance. No, it, but I'm talking about like when it comes to like the one-liners and that type of bullshit. It, it's too much for me with air quotes, the tone of this movie, because this movie is so goddamn serious in a, in, you know, in an idea of, uh, you know, a fucking haunted hotel and naked old ladies coming out and making out with Jack Nicholson, you know, that type of stuff. It's, it's too goofy. And it's not the right time for those lines that, that, that scene should have stayed a hundred percent serious in my opinion. Does it kill the movie? No, it's just like one of those, you know, uh, you know, an eye rolling moment or, or you know, groan inducing to me. I don't, that's so weird. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say anything like that before. I'm, I'm sure someone will agree with you, but it's the same thing about like arguing about whether a Kubrick movie's overrated or not. It's kind of like mm. I'm in the mindset that there's no point. That's, that's, that's a boring discussion. This is a horror yeah. movie. It's like, right. what, what are your standards? Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, like to me, it's the complete opposite of what you're saying. And that's just okay. how it is. Um, mm -hmm. When, when jack says something silly he's mm -hmm. he's breaking the the whole point up until that point he's just jack nicholson when he mm -hmm. says something outrageous which another there's this thing about jack nicholson always being crazy in movies you you've said it a lot of people said it you gotta see more jack nicholson movies because he's not always crazy and to me when he does say something silly it's like oh shit this guy's fucking insane it's a little reminder like this is not gonna work out well i can't imagine um 
you know there has to be some contrast that's why he wanted a kabuki over the top performance for the for the mm-hmm. second half of the movie if you play everything straight then you got a christopher nolan film you got just a lifeless humorless fucking pointless sludge of a film but this see is... here's the thing here's the thing i don't mean to interrupt you but like let's go with like over the top that i do like and i always love this shot my daughter was amazed like how they did it because she was watching the documentary with me she's she's eight and she's already loving to learn how film is made it's the shot when he's locked in the cooler and he's, you know, his hands are against the door and he's talking to Wendy and the camera is like, you know, under him. So he's kind of looking down, but his eyes are pointed towards the door. He's still fucking Looney Tunes in that scene, but he's not Bugs Bunny. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he, he's, he's kind of like Yosemite Sam, you know, he's still got the, the, the anger, but he's not as goofy as Bugs. You know, I, I like that. I like that ferocity with him like he's like the caged animal no pun intended he's the caged animal and he wants to to strike that's what i like when he when he's swinging the axe and you know pretending to be johnny carson that's too much for me now it's 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 intercut does that make me like hate the movie no like i said before my main problem with the movie that's a lot of times it's fucking boring yeah but that's my big problem with with the jack nicholson performances you know it's not boring when he starts to become, you know, Jack, but just those little bits of just like the, the goofiness. I know we need comedy to like kill the tension sometimes. It's, I just thought it was the, the wrong place and it didn't just kill the tension. It just killed like the mood big time for me. Yeah, I, I don't it, it, just because he says something funny doesn't mean it's comedy to me. It's not comedy. It's just this little bit of uh, it takes you out just for a second to, you know, to, so you can assess a bigger the bigger picture of what's actually happening. I I think again Jack Torrance is a he's a loser. This mm-hmm. isn't some he's not the Grim Reaper master uh, serial killer Charles Manson mastermind. He this guy's a fucking loser and his his life's over and he knows it. My problems with this movie are aside from the hype and the overrated and people worshiping it or whatever is the boring stuff. I think it's way too fucking boring and way too long. And that's the stuff I'm always making fun of. I see where you're coming from um, with the Jack Nicholson thing. I just think it's beautiful. I love that stuff. You know, just as much as I do, uh, as I love the Shelley Duvall just completely in over her head and trying to keep things together. I don't know. I never, it never, there's no point in the movie where it broke the reality of this nightmare that we're in. So, Mm. but what else do you hate? (laughs) No. First off, I want to, I, I will say uh, Drinking Dirty in Jersey is asking if Rachel is cleaning. No, she is doing her producer duties, sitting on the couch eating ice cream. Okay. And, oh, and she did pay the cell phone bill. So without her paying the cell phone bill, we I wouldn't be able to film right now. Um, Movie Masker brought up something just now. Um, he asked, you know, did you fellas feel that the score helped the film? Honestly, yes. the only score I remember it's just the opening, you know, Christopher Nolan, bomb, bomb, you know, noise. No. And be, that's the only part I remember from the very beginning with the opening credits, which look really fucking cool in that font, but it's that's all I remember. How that's dare all you? all I remember. How dare you? Compare the opening to Christopher Nolan? He just blasts horns. This is the Symphony <laughs> La Fantastique. It's beautiful. It's, 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 it's classical... Yeah. No, it's, it's scary as shit, and it's it's yeah. played by Wendy Carlos through Moog synthesizers. It's fucking not only is it unnerving, but it's also like super beautiful. It, it goes perfectly mm-hmm. with it. 
I don't know what you're like, talking I mean, about. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not like like Christopher no, Nolan. Dare someone to try to remember? Try to just hum a Christopher Nolan theme, a, a tune from any of his piece of shit movies. You exactly. can't do it. I just I threw that in there just to kind of set you off. But I was just I know, saying I'm just though. Messing with you too. Yeah, with the, when when it comes to the score, that's the only part I remember. And yes, you know, I'm not going to you know literally you know pull out the DVD and shit on it. You know, the movie or the Blu-ray, it is. It does have some very good moments. The problem is, you know, just to answer uh, Movie Massacre, is that is the only score to me that is memorable. I don't remember a single bit of music other than like, you know, not listening. two seconds. Like when, again, when, you know, he says, here's Johnny. And then you hear that Whoop! noise, like when it focuses on, on Shelly, like it kind of like works perfectly. Like if she screamed. But I like, I guess you call them what you call them, music cues, maybe. Mm -hmm. But like pieces of music, the only part I honestly remember is the opening credit scroll, and that's it. It's crazy. You're either you're either not paying attention, your speakers are broken, or something. Because <laughs> how I don't know how you. It's half the movie. The way mm -hmm. that Wendy Carlos weaved in all of these. I mean, the soundtrack's incredible. The she weaves in all of these fucking horrifying motifs and mm -hmm. all the subtle like. Not the boring stuff where it's just sometimes where it's just two people talking, but a lot of the scene, almost all of the scenes, there's some kind of motif or fucking crazy. In, in fact, there's so much awesome music in this, not just from the score and the soundtrack, which is a killer, like old fucking school jazz stuff that, you know, yeah. it's in the background in a couple scenes. But there's even like an original piece of music that's in only in the documentary. It's in the soundtrack too. But you know that that music at the end of the documentary, the last shot when they, they show him yeah. running with the camera and stuff? Mm -hmm. that's not even in the movie like one of the though. best pieces of music he was like no nah, we'll just put that in the fucking extras exactly. so it doesn't count no no i'm saying there's so much good music oh, that well. he's, he he shoved some of it to his daughter's um making of thing i think that's crazy it, dude you know in its defense maybe it, it'll be maybe the reason why i'm not paying attention to the score is because maybe i've you know i'm gonna be 40 next year i've seen this movie so many times since fucking high school you know what i mean that could be it um, but that's the only piece of music I legit remember. Well, the uh, you know I'm always talking about importance of saying things in the theater and stuff, and this is this was a big one for me too because mm -hmm. um, you're so used to even if you have a decent stereo surround sound or mm -hmm. whatever at your house, it's still night and day seeing it with a 35 millimeter print where the soundtrack is locked into it. There's nothing they can really do. It's how mm -hmm. he wanted it to be. And when I first saw the, um, I've seen it a few times in the theater. Now they're doing all this retro stuff and they play like Blu-rays or these, this is not real film. Like most places are right. not playing the, the negatives. They're playing digital, digital copies, right? right? Yep. Um, if you've seen a 35 millimeter copy, the fucking soundtrack is insane. It's one of these movies where it's so, he pushed it so loud on purpose mm -hmm. that I think if you're watching at your house or on a laptop or something like that, I'm not trying to be like David Lynchian here. You can watch a movie however you want. But if you're not right. fucking pushing the soundtrack in this movie where it's actually in your face, mm -hmm. um, you're missing out. That's all I'm saying. It's something It's a, It's a. something you really need to experience. Um, mm -hmm. There's a few other movies like this where the soundtrack's absurd. Like Predator. That's one I've, I've yeah. always talked about. It's absurd. Yeah. It's not like the theater had it turned up too loud. The mixing is insane. It's a, like mm -hmm. a, a lot of the ways uh, similar to how people are complaining about the new Christopher Nolan movie, Tenet, okay. which I saw. That's a different type of insane. Okay, The soundtrack and the mixing in Tenet is so loud 
Yeah. It's the loudest movie I've ever seen in a movie theater. I thought I was I, fucking watching ACDC. I didn't read the article. Well, I've seen a lot of articles that they say, because they were talking about how he was mixing sound. And they say, if you hated Bane's voice in Dark Knight Rises, don't go see Tenet because the sound is even more awful. I just figured oh, it was more. It's absolutely horrendous. And the thing is that I saw some people, they're like, you can't tell what they're saying because the, the volume's so loud. No, you don't, you don't give a shit what they're saying because it doesn't matter what they're saying. That's the mm -hmm. thing. Like, this would be different if you miss something like in The Shining, they're, you know, there's a it's minimalist you know they there's really mm -hmm. not that much going on it's pretty simplistic but if your whole movie is just non-characters explaining the plot and mm -hmm. then you crank up the music and sound effects so loud that you can't hear them then like if you don't care then why should we you know what i mean and right. even if you could hear what they were saying and there were subtitles it wouldn't matter because it's fucking horrible and stupid anyway like it's honestly one of the worst movies i've ever seen i can't believe people are defending that and i have to bring that up because we're talking about in the same universe like kubrick mm -hmm. being overrated dude like you need to check out christopher nolan because he's fucking horrendous talk well, about unwatchable i dare you to go I'll, see tenet no won't do it don't care um <laughs> but here I'll, I'll get in this like with kubrick being overrated i've never said he's overrated i i how could i say he's overrated if i've seen like maybe less than five of his fucking movies you know the shining well, we're discussing that now meh you know but he's got some good stuff in it meh which Meh. Critters 2 um, is meh. No, Critters 2 is fun. No, this movie. You never had fun watching The Shining at any point in your life. Ever. Fun? You always well, hated it and thought that Jack Nicholson was silly and that it was boring. At no point <laughs> in your life, you, you didn't think that this, wait, this is something I've never seen before. This is a fucking beautiful, weird, you, nothing. It's just always been Beautiful, meh. weird, and fun. Beautiful, weird, and fun. That's Howard the Duck. I love Howard the Duck, okay? This is different. You know Jesus. what I mean? But, but no, this is because, but then again, there's a difference, but in my opinion, between good movies, fun movies, you know? Yeah, yeah. House of the Dead, that's a fun movie. I love Uva Bowl movies. I don't care what anyone says. That's a fun movie. No one would I don't with find The Shining way. fun. <laughs> I don't find The Shining fun, even though there are some really good stuff spliced into it. And... um what well, I was going to say Let's is... talk about that a little bit more first. Sure, go ahead. Because we're talking about extremes here, okay? You're defending and promoting one that's universally accepted as one of the worst movies ever made. That's not like mm -hmm. an opinion. That's accepted. Mm -hmm. You might find it fun. 99.9% mm -hmm. .9 of the world do not agree with you, right? And that's, that's what the show is about. It's what we think. Right. Who cares what everyone else says? But you have exactly. to acknowledge the extremities of your own beliefs and what you're saying mm -hmm. you your immediate response to the shining was house of the dead and now i understand <laughs> i understand oh, that there is some okay, there's some okay, great right, area you know, between it between okay, these two you know, right forget house of the dead super mario brothers same it, fucking thing. Same thing i know that's fun though that's you, what i mean when you think of the shining and it, like it's not fun your counter is super mario brothers because that's one of the most fun movies I've ever seen. I fucking love that movie. The Shining, to me, because like you said, who cares about anyone else's opinion? Just you you and me with this show. Meh. Meh. I, I love Super Mario Brothers and what is uh -huh. I don't like House of the Dead, but I, I love how much you love it. Mm -hmm. It it's like your enthusiasm rubs off on me. Yeah. Because it's so it's so bad. I don't care though. I don't care about bad movies. Yeah. Air quotes, bad movies. Who's to say one movie is bad compared to to, to what another person thinks. I look at it from entertainment value, the fun factor, all that stuff. 
But what I was going to say is, um, how am I how am I to judge you know Kubrick being overrated if I've only seen you know Mac The Shining, um, uh, Full Metal Jacket, love the boot camp stuff. Once they get to Vietnam, yeah, it's it's like you know the foreplay was good, but then you blew your load in three minutes type of thing. You know, Clockwork Orange, beginning to end, love it. Okay, beginning to end, love it. And then Eyes Wide Shut, I was bored, and I literally only rented that movie to see Nicole Kidman naked. So there, that's that's my Kubrick experiences. So I can't really say he's an overrated director because I've only seen four fucking movies. You know, I'm not interested in seeing 2001. I could care less. But I've heard Dr. Strangelove is fantastic. And I'm still going to see that. So that's just my take. I don't I can't really think Kubrick. I mean, I may have said it in the past before saying Kubrick is overrated. I take that back. It's just I don't know enough of him to say he's overrated. I've seen four fucking movies and the man's made over a dozen if not more yeah well that's the problem <laughs> see more of them <laughs> exactly. and, and i will but like let's 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 take the blu-ray out of the toilet right now and let's clean it up a little bit my you know other than you know because we, we have praised shelly duvall and then we kind of did my shit storm of it i love again Scatman crothers in this movie he's literally in a, it's a two hour and 20 minute movie he's probably got 20 minutes of that screen time intercut with everything i love every time this man is on screen i don't care if he's trying to rent a snow cat from the guy i don't care if he's trying to watch the news with his naked titty women on the walls of his hotel room i love everything about this i love the way the fucker says apricots when he's telling when he's telling shelly duvall you know we got grand apricots you know that type of stuff he is he's like your grandpa you want to run up you want to give him a hug and you want to have the ice cream with him you know what i mean you know, I've loved him, you know, as a kid, you know, he's Hong Kong fooey. You know, that's where I fell in love with Scatman. And then, of course, I saw The Shining numerous times. I haven't, I've, the only other Scatman movie I've seen was uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And he's barely in that one, too, but he's great in it. You know, yeah. he, he's one of those lovable actors who's got a screen presence. You know what I mean? Where you just want to run up and hug him. You don't want to take your eyes away from him. And that's what I love about him because, again, we'll go to Hong Kong. <laughs> Who would go to Hong Kong Fooey because that's how I really know about him. He's got that distinct voice. And what I like about him is he's so soft in his delivery. He's so he's so soft and gentle while he's while he's talking to Danny eating his ice cream, as bad as that sounds, you know, stranger danger shit. But you know he's not gonna, you know, diddle the little Danny. He's just gonna give him some ice cream and then he's going to talk to him about the shining. He speaks to Danny about the shining like a child well, no, well not like 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 a child like not he speaks to him halfway between like a child and an adult enough where danny can understand it but danny could understand how serious it is if that makes sense you know and i you know and it could be the writing i don't know because there's like 50 fucking drafts of this movie by the end of the movie nicholson said he stopped reading but like when he says it's you know when you shine or when you pass on i don't remember what it was he says, there's a little bit left behind, like when you burn toast. That's the perfect way to talk to a 10-year-old. I don't know how old Danny's supposed to be. And it's this the performance. But then the problem is, I love this fucker so much. He goes to rescue them, and he's killed when he walks in the fucking door. Again, air quotes, realism in a haunted house movie, whatever, however you want to say it. He, that could have happened to anyone. And I understand he had to get there so he can bring the second snow cat so they can get away, whatever shit. I hate that because this is a character I grew to love. 
I grew to like every time he's on screen. I just like watching him drive through the snow. I love that man so much. He's driving through the snow and he passes the, 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 the big rig that's turned over. And then they fucking kill him in a great death, even though, again, we get Nicholson looking kind of cartoony, like, you know, with the tongue sticking out of his mouth when he hits him. It, it, it reminded me of like when you're like, you got a nephew, he's real young. Like you ever watch him like color with crayons and he's like, you know, with his tongue sticking out. It was too childlike in a brutal moment. And I'm just like, motherfucker, you just had to do that to me. But other than Shelly, I think the best part of this movie is uh, Scatman as, as Dick Halloran. Yeah, he's a lovable old fucking black man. Smokes well, obviously <laughs> smokes too many cigarettes. With it. He's got that yeah. perfect, you know, mm-hmm. perfect voice and stuff. I'm fascinated with, there's lots of problems and boring parts and things that don't make sense because it's a horror movie. Not because it's mm-hmm. a Stanley Cooper horror movie. It's just a horror movie. You know, right. but this movie has, has a spotlight on it, a magnifying glass because mm-hmm. of its reputation, because who made it and things like that. To me, the death's absolutely amazing. It's like he didn't even have a chance. It's, it's mm-hmm. he That's he wasn't right even close to rescuing them. He walks in the door and he's fucking dead. And just imagine having what that must have felt like in the theater when the movie first came out. Like I understand that you love the character, but this is a horror movie. Someone has to die. Like well, one person's got to die. The, it's got to be the black man. It's got to be the black. It's got to be the most lovable person ever. I get that, but I'm just like. So we do look at it differently, but I'm just like that. It's a, it. It didn't make me sad. It made me mad. And it's just another thing that I already just, I was having a problem with by the time it showed up. And his death to me is just for convenience for the snow cat. I mean, that's, I get it. I mean, that's who, just, you know, but your name in every horror movie ever, that's, that's the thing. I want to focus in on this, your obsession mm-hmm. with the silliness thing. Um, I want you to tell me some of your favorite horror movies where the killer is not a repossessed doll, a repossessed little girl, a zombie in a hockey mask, a pedophile guy with a homemade claw <laughs> mask. Where are you watching such serious horror films that the protagonist has has cannot be silly whatsoever? And and again, I don't think it's silly at all. I think it's kabuki and it's weird and kind of mm-hmm. like you know a cra- an actual crazy person. I want to know mm-hmm. what you're watching Isn't- and I'm not watching. What do you mean, like a ser- a super serious horror? Because well, the, this is that only I, that effect- I enjoy. This is affecting you in a profound way. This these little idiosyncrasies and things that Jack Nicholson does. Give me an example of a movie, a horror movie, where the, they didn't do something like that. They kept it straightforward the whole time, and, and I it, liked it. Yeah. Oh, I, I, that's hard. I was going to say easy. I can easily pick one that I that they kept it straightforward, and I didn't like it, but. That really is hard, you know, putting me on the spot. You know, that, that you know, I can't see my collection from here, but if it's a human character, it's really hard for me. I'm thinking I can't name any. I, I like right. a, most of the same movies you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like it. I do like serious tone is fine, but it's is either you're going to you need to space out your quips or put them in like a different night breed. No. Jennifer Tochi says Nightbreed. Nightbreed that's, that's every one. character in that movie is a is like a demon or a cartoon character. And yeah, you're looking for human characters. Um No, Ghost Ship doesn't count because those those aren't really characters. That's that's those are just those are just victims. Because um, essentially what you're saying is you're watching this movie, you're mm-hmm. not hearing the soundtrack. Right. And this crazy person's too crazy for you in a very specific no, way. No, it, it it depends on the crazy. It depends on the crazy. No, <laughs> this is going to be like Halloween 2018 all over again. 
It depends on the crazy and the way you, you know, throw in the little bits of comedy or, you know, pick a side, either be, either be crazy with a little bit of goofiness at the right part or just be totally serious or totally fucking goofy. But why? I just that, watched... who, but what kind of, what kind of expectation is that of a crazy? That's not how, that's not reality in any, in any stretch of the imagination. Like your standards for what you want a crazy person to be is absurd because but the again like i said it, it probably depends on the tone of the scene that it's in you know again we'll go again we, we we beat you know the horse to death already the scene where he's chopping through the door keep that serious don't make him fucking a goofy character you know but he's not a goofy character because he does one thing that's silly no, he's still it's, it's still horrifying and he's about to murder his wife with an axe right not so because he's, he's some ultimate badass because he's a fuck this is what people do this mm -hmm. is a this oh, is he a is thing. crazy I, I buy that it's, i buy that 100 percent. right and they just don't they don't give enough weight to the cowardice of this character because in yeah. our minds especially with horror and horror stuff we've built up killers and slashers and all these things to be um usually supernatural or some kind of um they're not people this guy is a fucking loser and he's okay, been and it's all over. Drinking Dirty in Jersey just said Last House on the Left, the, the original one. Yeah. I don't see any goofy to those guys. Yeah. As much as I don't, that I, movie I, that movie is, makes that's me... an exploitation movie mm -hmm. from start to finish. It's that has it's it's not even equatable to The Shining, which is obviously like the. Uh, I mean, that's a super. We're talking about two different levels of realism. Like The Shining is mm -hmm. completely absurd cartoon. It's a literal nightmare, kind of like dream. Mm -hmm. And then I last, I mean, can we compare those two movies? Can we? Well, it, you just said, you know, just pick a horror movie mm -hmm. and, or, you know, or and the, the stranger. Tone, and it has mm -hmm. to be consistent with the tone of the film. Right. Like Rachel just said, uh, the strangers, well, that works for me. The first one, the second one gets definitely a little bit into cartoon land, which I like because, you know, it, it, it gradually works into that. Strangers and, is you know, one of the most boring, most piece of shit, worst movies. Are you talking about the first one? Yeah, Rachel loves that one. You love those characters? They the mutes that stand outside a house for an hour and a half? Like really? You you'd rather have that than someone who does some weird things every once in a while when he's trying to murder his family? Yeah, well, I I it it, it keeps with the tone. You know, yeah, you're you're asking me to pick characters, but <laughs> Yes, the, okay, you're right about that then. I give you that. Okay. You got it. You got me. Okay. The Strangers, the original Strangers keeps with the tone of horrifically boring and realistic. It never lets up. It's uh, I hate it so much. The second one is so much better. Oh, I say that too. God. I do that too because I I love how a movie can follow a serious original, go goofy and still be fun because entertainment, fun factor. I just I just watched Sleepaway Camp for like the first time in like fifteen years. The original one I was bored out of my mind because it was pretty damn boring. Like I told you about that, you know, I'm glad the pedophile got burned, but wow, whoop de doo she's got a dick at the end. Who cares? I watched Sleepaway Camp 2 the other night, and I fucking loved that movie. It's not coincidence. It... It's not coincidence that you thought Sleepaway Camp was boring because uh -huh. it the is? same thing with The Shining. No, I'm, I've, I've, I've never been bored once watching Sleepaway Camp. That's insane. But we have two different perspectives on this. Right, exactly. True. Your newer, schlockier stuff, mm -hmm. which post 70s mm -hmm. is that's your wheelhouse mm -hmm. right 80s to now mm -hmm. 
That's Pretty your much, wheelhouse. Yeah. And that is a yeah. tightened mm-hmm. editing, faster paced sort of thing. It's a, the, you can't, the movies are in, they're not comparable. I, the stuff I watch, mm-hmm. very slow paced, slow burn. Yeah. Old school. And to say that I would never classify the majority of the, the, good, the good stuff as boring because right. it's just a different kind of movie. Um, and I, I, get, I, I totally get that too. Yeah. I, you really, I, it's, it, it's just weird to me that. <laughs> Sleepaway camp? You were bored? The first one? Yeah. For the that's, most part. This ties than, into, this ties into The Shining mouth, too. Did Yeah. Other than Foul Mouth Cousin Ricky, I really didn't give a shit about anything in Sleepaway Camp. That this is a common complaint of yours with, with a lot of movies though, is that you don't like what are your expectations? I don't I don't understand because mm-hmm. in Sleepaway Camp you mm-hmm. have very interesting protagonists and a weird kind of tortured um doesn't know what you know well oh you just think that's boring mm-hmm. i can't even give you this setup without you shaking your head that it's boring you don't care it has to be just a white trash redneck family that murder people i don't understand what's the like how can you not see the beauty in sleepaway camp it's a fucking striking beautiful movie with an incredible score it's got tons of awesome characters and kills the twist does make sense whether you care or not, because yeah. if you were ever a little girl that was a little boy that was forced by her fucking crazy family to be the opposite sex, right, and have all of that pent up, you know, sexual, uh, mm. yeah, like uh, confusion and hormones and all those things, <laughs> how could you say it doesn't mean anything? It doesn't. I don't care because again, it's the uh, you've known me, you know, a lot longer than we've done these podcasts, and you know, the main thing for me with movies is. Am I entertained? But there's Sleep more. Or... There's more there than you're than you're giving. The, you're not giving it enough credit. You're not giving these movies enough credit because there's stuff more important than just plot. Well, I I, that... like, we'll get to the shining. I can appreciate the way a lot of this stuff is shot. There are some really cool iconic shots in this. Not just you know him driving up to the, the fucking mountains. Like that iconic shot of when you know Jack is about ready to collapse in the maze. That looks beautiful. He's got a lot of one of my favorite shots. It's a tracking shot, and I love it how there's no music. It's just Danny on his fucking big wheel. Yeah, that's fantastic because it's it's following him around the corner and everywhere. I love how it's no sound. The only sound you hear is when the wheels are on the wood or the linoleum, and then it, it muffles when he gets on the rug, and then it's back to the linoleum. That is great. I can appreciate. The Shining, because it is a beautiful looking movie. So I do look at that stuff, but I, I don't also think you want... do. I really don't no. think you do because, like, I'm really having to like pull hairs to get the stuff out of you, and you already wrote it off as meh. It is. It is. It is. Looks pretty. Stephen King said it said it uh, best. I don't know what he said. It's like a beautiful car without an engine. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty, but. And... Yeah. You know the equivalent of engines that Stephen King builds? (laughs) What's the shittiest fucking car that's ever been made? Like a gremlin? The Edsel? That's the engines he builds. Yeah. I don't know what I expected. Mm -hmm. I just, it's kind of hard for me to believe you didn't like Sleepaway Camp, but I guess it makes sense. But the thing is, I didn't really like Sleepaway Camp, but I love Sleepaway Camp 2. Yes, you love that, and you'll like 3, and you'll like, you probably like 4 too, because those are just schlocky and completely stupid. fun. That's what I said. The Shining is not fun. It's just... That's all it is to me. <laughs> you really weren't expecting this? No, it's I, I was expecting it. It's just <laughs> You know what this is? You know what this is? It's like from The Simpsons. You know, it's like, hey Lise, you can see the part where you know Frenzy's heart is breaking. And now 
you know? No, it's just that. And you grab it in your chest right now, see? Pause. <laughs> you can still, it's like, if you want to, there's another type of fun out there. There's, there's, this, there's this other really wonderful fun mm-hmm. that you can have too. If you have a strong foot planted historically in mm-hmm. classic film and schlock, and it, to me, and, the per, a kind of person that hasn't seen all of Kubrick's movies and, and talks about how, well, I can't really judge him because I've only seen a few, that's not fun to me. That's the opposite of fun. I would mm-hmm. have, I would see those motherfuckers as soon as I possibly can because you might not wake up tomorrow. Seriously, exactly. we, don't have a, we don't have a lot of time on this earth. It's insanity. Right. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I'd be like, wait, I've only seen four of these movies? And that's why, you know, I rushed out to see Pet Cemetery remake opening night. I could have got hit by a truck. You never know. Yeah, well, you would have you would have missed so much <laughs> with that. <laughs> I, I do want to say this, you know, I back to the chat. Movie Massacre's taken off. I want to thank him for his support in the chat. And he's been sharing the Spotify audio of this show on his Twitter. So have a good night, uh, Movie Massacre. We do appreciate the support. And Drinking Dirty in Jersey. The plan is he just they just say we need to do this every week, like the live. That's the plan. You know, Jesus hates us. You know, uh, it's it's really a shit show a lot of times before we set up. But if tonight goes well and Frenzy thinks it goes well and I got to beat him over the head with, you know, Wendy's baseball bat to tell it, tell him it went well. The plan is to, to go live uh, every week unless Frenzy thinks the movie, say I pick if I went Stephen King. Uh, is too shitty, and he thinks he's gonna have to chop the hell out of it. So. No, no, I'm already learning. I've I've messed a bunch of stuff up just from the beginning, but I'll figure it out. Yeah, it's but I'm that a, is the plan to to is to be live every Saturday night, roughly cool. around the same time. It's cool to get the interaction and uh, mm-hmm. check in with people and stuff at the same time. It's cool to not have to do any edit. I know I'm gonna have to edit this one, but mm-hmm. I'm, eventually it'll just be like I'll be pressing buttons, mm-hmm. intro, talk, outro, and we don't have to go through that, but. This is 50 episodes and it's still a work in progress. Definitely. Definitely. It's it's all kind of weird. Mm-hmm. We're in like this bizarro territory right now because this all started a little over a year ago with us talking about The Shining. That yep. like, that became a theme. And mm-hmm. I, I, esta- I, I think I did pretty well of establishing how convoluted and ridiculous my uh, opinions and relationship with this movie are. I just didn't know that we'd be on such opposite end of the spectrum of that sort of thing, because you nailed it with the Shelley Duvall. Mm -hmm. Um, And I honestly do believe that's the reason. And it's just like... And I'll I'll say this. I'll say this. I didn't really think about Shelley until this recent watch, because I haven't seen the movie in years. Yeah. And the reason why I have the Blu-ray, I the last time I watched this is when I fucking had it on VHS. You know, the old just it's just a white cover with with, with Nicholson's face and it says the shiny. I haven't watched the movie since since I, I think I gave it away to a friend at work. I bought the Blu-ray because I have I have the I have our friend's voodoo account. I'm sure they're a whor- they're horror nuts, so I'm pretty fucking sure that they have it because they have Doctor Sleep. But I wanted to get this because of maybe the documentaries, like there's a couple bonuses. The only reason honestly I paid for this. Is because I bought a couple over movies. I upgraded my my Poltergeist, the original Poltergeist to Blu-ray. I bought VFW, and I needed to spend like five more dollars to get like fucking free shipping. So that's why I threw in <laughs> in The Shining. So it's worth five bucks. I'll, I'll say that about The Shining. But <laughs> it does have. I do say if you don't like this movie, because I got a, I got a couple more things I want to say. I don't know how, how big your list is, Frenzy. Is if you don't like this movie and it's been a long time since you've seen it 
I do recommend rewatching it maybe after our discussion, because that's what I like about, you know, not just talking to you frenzy, but like just YouTube in general, for the most part, when I'm not dealing with the dickheads on YouTube is I like to maybe give someone a second opinion of something. Jason goes to hell is perfect example. You know, that's my go-to horror movie. That's one of my favorite horror movies in general that everyone fucking, you know, takes a dump on. I have convinced a few people to rewatch it and they've enjoyed it a lot more looking at it differently. I will say this, if you fucking hate Shelley Duvall in this movie, or that was your last memory of just what everyone says, you know, Shelley Duvall sucks, blah, blah, blah. Sit down and watch this. You might think differently. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't think of that about her performance before. Cause like I said, she's always olive oil to me, which she's fucking fantastic in Popeye. But and then she, I, I liked her when I was a kid. She did like Shelley Duvall's like nursery rhyme theater or some shit like that on Showtime. Yeah, She was fun in that too. I remember, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but it was like my weekly thing watching on uh, when we had Showtime as a kid. Just go into it with an open mind. I think you would at least uh, respect her performance a lot more. Okay, so Jennifer Tochi is sending you a comfort hug right now because your heart has been broken by me. <laughs> So he appreciates that. Thank you for doing your producer job, Rachel. I don't mind The Shining so much because I've already, I've always known that about you, but it just breaks my heart a little bit about Sleepaway Camp. It, to, <laughs> me, to me, it's just unfortunate. And, and it is what it is, you know. And that's 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 what I like about this show. Because it's such a when, it's such a beautiful movie. Ah, she she's got a dick. With that, that's all I remember. And then the pedophile gets burned with the with the boiling water. Um. That's what I like about this show, you know, is 90% of the time, if we haven't mentioned the show in like our texts or like our random conversations when we were both on Facebook, is we don't know each other's full opinion on these films until we record. Like, I didn't know you ended up like the last time you saw Big Trouble in Little China. Meh, this is your, this is, you know, what The Shining is to me is Big Trouble in Little China was to you. It's crazy. <laughs> or the fact that <clears throat> excuse me i loved enemy mine and by the third act you fucking hated it it still is good conversation and that's what i like about this show even if it, i pretty much you know ripped your heart out you know stomped on it and kicked it down the stairs it's you know no offense it's worth it <laughs> to me to get this good type of conversation because i don't know what you're going to say either yeah to a certain degree <laughs> Um, the last things I want to talk about in this, because we've been going for a while, and I think this has been a really fun episode. I like the interaction with the chat that we've been able to keep up with, but there are some like iconic moments of, of, of everyone thinks about Jack Nicholson doing Here's Johnny. Here's Rachel. There you go, producer Rachel. <laughs> what I like is I, I, I'm not going to shit on this movie that much anymore because I've done that enough while praising it. But um, it's not scary. It's not scary. But again, we've had this discussion. What what scares me? Not much. There are some there are some really creepy and uncomfortable moments in this. And we, you know that is uh, the naked chick in the in the tub, which makes no sense. You know, I mean, obviously, it was someone who killed themselves in the tub in room was it two thirty seven? Hot chick. You know, nice boobs. You know, I'm you know full bush. You know, <laughs> like that with the with the beer can, but. And Jack Nicholson, you know, he's already, you know, he's out. You look at his eyes. He, he he doesn't know what's going on. He's making out with this chick. And then you get the reveal of not just the fact that he's kissing a, a disgusting 89-year-old woman or however old she was, 
you get that shot of her nude from the back and she's got the skin peeling off and it, what looks like mold all over her. And then it's not just that we have that superimposed of Danny screaming mutely while, you know, the dead bodies, the naked old lady is rising out of the tub, super, you know, cut with her cackling and, you know, her full nude body, like slowly chasing him like the fucking boogeyman. So there are some memorable, uncomfortable, creepy moments. And that is what I, I always go for. When people say, what's the first thing you think about with The Shining? I say the naked titty witch. She scares the hell out of me. I would not want, I would rather have Jack chase me with an ax than that old crone. You know what I mean? You love her. Right. Well, I do like older women. I don't like women that went to school with Jesus. There's a difference, Rachel. Well, that's why you stayed up here. Right. No, I stayed up to, to watch her as, you know, till two in the morning as a good parent so I could watch the rest of the movie during the day with our kid in the room. But that's the moment. You know, everyone says, okay, well, what about, you know, the dude in the bear suit blowing uh, the bartender, whoever that was? I don't, or, I got to stop you. I don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know who you're talking to. The, these well, people do not exist. Uh, who the fuck is talking about Jack Nicholson saying, hey, Johnny, and who says, what's your favorite moment? And who talks like that? This movie is a hundred incredible moments just like the the old lady coming out of the bath it's mm-hmm. it's it's chain mail the whole thing is it's it's iconic shot after scene after thing after thing after thing there's so much scary shit in this movie that you have in your mind that there's these snobs that putting this movie on a pedestal and just sitting around talking about how jack nicholson says hey here's johnny as if that means any it doesn't mean anything because no, there's a hundred other scenes uh just off the top of my head when um, Danny is trying to get permission from his dad, who's in his room, sitting on the bed, that's one of the scary, scariest things ever put to film in the history of movies. And every horror fan, people in the horror community, always say the same talking points and the same things. But at the same time, they want to reject this illusion that they're not falling in line with what everyone else says. So mm-hmm. we need to break down this idea of not being scary. What does that mean? Because every time I talk to anyone in the horror community that thinks something's meh or doesn't really like it, the yeah. first thing that comes out of their mouth is how it's not actually scary. How can these people's worlds be horror movies, but nothing scares them? And they don't have a fully functioning, fully formed definition of what is scary. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. It's like, you know, like, what is scary? <laughs> What do you think is scary? What does the horror community think is scary? What's the definition of that? Because I gave it clearly a thousand times yeah. in, in these episodes. It's I don't a movie know. that has a tone that's unnerving and is sometimes frightening. Yes. You and said just, you have to cover your eyes for it to be scary. What kind of standard is that? No, I've never said you have to cover your eyes. You said last time we talked about this. That what your definition of what a scary movie is is when a woman has to cover their face. I've no, I don't remember saying that. I might have. I don't remember. Okay, I don't remember. What I like about a horror movie, I don't want to. I don't care about being scared. I don't give a shit. I like that 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 creepy feeling. That's why I always, you know, that that feeling of, you know, what's the difference between creepiness and scariness? It's the same thing. To me, I, I think it's a different is, feeling. Like, is there, okay. like scary, scary. you don't want to watch what's on the screen. Creepy is like you have that, that sense of dread. Like, But that's me because I watch movies in the dark. Like Pet Cemetery and the, the original Poltergeist for me are the perfect examples. And I've said that numerous times. You, I've never like scared, scared. 
like, you know, I want to turn off the film or this and that, but I'm always creeped out. No matter, I've seen Pet Cemetery 20 fucking times. I watch it every year in the fall, but I watch it in the dark and I still have that fear of that, that feeling of dread of uneasiness because of everything that's that's in it same with a lot of poltergeist the visuals the 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 acting the score all that that is how i look at horror i don't have to be fucking scared no one's fucking scared it's 2020 no one's fucking scared of michael myers halloween 1978 is not scary no one's scared of anything supposedly like I, well, to me, when I you know, just you just gave the definition of, of they're the same thing to me. Scares and creepiness is the same exact thing. And a lot of people that have seen that like this movie mm-hmm. would say the exact same thing. The, all the creepy points, the three things that you just checked off. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's actually happening? The the family falling apart, and this this loser knowing that he has nothing else left, that he's just going to kill them all. Um, mm-hmm. The the score, which you didn't, not trying to harp on you too much. But you don't remember. No, that's fine. Which to me is one of the scariest fucking unnerving things I've ever seen. It's like, that's what horror is, mm-hmm. right? Isn't this what we're talking about? <laughs> I, again, and the thing is with, with The Shining, maybe a lot of it has to do with the tone and the length. Because it just, it loses me a lot in this film because it's so long and so drawn out. It doesn't keep the sense of, I'm, I'll give it the sense of dread because you know Jack's going to fucking snap when there's 20 minutes left like the build-up is great take away you know the bug funny yeah. shit i said okay that that's that notwithstanding that is done well the problem is i by the time when other than you know the the naked you know bitch in, in the in the fucking tub what is there that is even really creepy that that I mean, what you just named is creepy danny has to he his arm is pretty much broken he's got these giant bruises he goes to tell his mom she thinks that's when she realizes because she's in denial this whole movie. This is the end of their relationship. She's like, oh my God, he did it again. Right. And it's the it's the the contrast. You have she's she knows, okay, he's he's that she's she's now dealing with reality. Mm-hmm. They're about to something bad's going to happen to him now. She's not in La La Land anymore and this romance her romanticized version of the relationship. Oh shit, he did it again. Things mm-hmm. are about to get bad. You've got you don't know if that thing's even real. Because he, it's never clear if these are just in their head or not. Maybe mm-hmm. he did. Maybe Shelley Duvall's right. Maybe Jack actually did hurt Danny and that Danny's mm-hmm. just saying things. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, think about it from Danny's point of view, the whole goddamn movie. Like being mm-hmm. a little kid in this place, so scared to me. And I'm not saying you don't get scared easily, uh, no, but I was, I'm was i a pussy. I'm like the biggest pussy who's ever lived. I'm just, I'll just admit it. Fucking when I was a kid, things scared mm-hmm. the shit out of me. Things still scare me. Like, mm-hmm. You don't have the light on in the hall? I'm not going to admit. Oh, I just did. I've admitted it now. That kind of <laughs> scares me. So to be okay. in this fucking nightmare of a place with mm-hmm. my, you know, you know, the kids see, the, children see the reality for what it is. They don't have any, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, some of them do, especially ones that are in tune, like Danny, who's in The Shining. He knows mm-hmm. his dad's fucking insane. He knows that bad things are right. happening and make things worse. He's like, he has a little bit of psychic ability as far as seeing the future, but just a little bit, right. you know, right. cause we always joke about this. It's one of the things I hate the most is like, if, if you try to think about this movie logically, it just mm-hmm. falls apart instantly. And like I said, you know, I, I'm, you know, me, <laughs> we've had numerous conversations offline. I am trying to fucking distance myself from the horror community for like all this type of pretentious no. shit. And no, 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 no. You know, because you know, of, you know, it's, you know, 
I'm supposed to like The Shining. I'm supposed to, you know, this isn't you, you know, as an example, I'm supposed to like Sleepaway Camp because a lot of people are like, you don't like Sleepaway Camp, you know, fuck you, you're not a true horror fan. You wouldn't say that to me. You're just, you know, your brain just exploded because yeah. I didn't like it. There's no. a difference. No, I, I've kind of, I've kind of gone off the rails with this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm jacked on coffee and uh, just in think, but don't say you're, you want to get rid of, you exit the horror community because that's my big announcement. Oh, great. Okay, well, I'm not, I'm not getting out of it. I am just distancing myself. I gotta from- say it right now because you brought right. it up. Okay, my big great. announcement is. After 50 episodes, I'm leaving the Two Beard Losers podcast. No, just kidding. That's what you thought I was going to say. No, I'm joining the horror community. I just did, just now, right before we got online. I've been thinking about it a lot. After you get, after we're done, check out my YouTube page. It's now called Number One Horror. Number One Horror, and my new name is not going to be, I'm not going to be um, going by Frenzy or my real name. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to respond to Frenzy or my real name. My new name as part of the horror community and with my okay. new channel, number one horror, okay. is Uncle Creepy. <laughs> That's my big announcement. Uncle Creepy. That is the best so get, fucking thing. Get that ready is the best for name. tons of horror content, guys. If you're listening, Uncle Creepy, I'm going to be dropping daily videos weekly and sometimes monthly. Uh huh. Wow. Good. Because I've seen a lot of your stuff when you're being serious, when you're not being serious, and I never know what the fuck to expect from you. So I'm very happy. To well, hear if that. you but if you leave, then I gotta leave. No, 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 I'm not. There's a difference. I didn't say leave. Distance, distance. I'll, you know what? I'll still stand next to my uncle creepy and give him a hug every once in a while. You know, you know that type of stuff. Thank but, you. But, but mm. I'm exhausted from this. I, I think this has been a great episode. Is there anything else? Well, other than me, like the only other thing I'm going to say to shit on this movie, because why the fuck not, is I hate how, now, don't get me wrong, I'm not a writer, don't ask me what I would have done, because I don't fucking know, because it's late, but I just, they get in the snowcat, they drive away, and then we see Jack frozen in the snow, which I think is cool, but I just think he looks like a fucking dork, I hate the way, you know, he looks, again, it's just, eh, that's it, that's what we got, but before we wrap this up, no, you got that. You got the shot of him in the 4th of July ball. Well, I'm talking about as Jack. Not as, you know, he's been here the whole time type of bullshit type of thing, which I still don't understand. I still don't get that. You do, I don't care. You just said it. You do understand it. It's he's a, been here the whole time? That's, that's a it? thing. You know, a lot of people say stuff they don't understand about, especially this movie. It's a ghost movie. Mm-hmm. That's that's the point. That's it? Yes. The point you're is not, the point? Because this is a thing. I, I know a lot about mm-hmm. it. There. A lot of people point to, you know, the the office at the beginning when he's getting interviewed with Ullman, you know, in mm-hmm. the, uh, for yeah. the, if you pay attention yeah. to what, this is in documentaries, it's been exhausted, right? Yeah. If you pay attention to the layout of the hotel, which is all just a big mm-hmm. soundstage. Right. When Jack's walking through the corridors and stuff, when, when he goes, when he enters the, the office, mm-hmm. there's this window and it's, it leads right outside. Mm-hmm. They call that an impossible window, right? Because if you just pay attention to the layout and stuff in the film, that that office can't have a window. It's in the middle of the building. Mm-hmm. So then they start looking into every little tiny detail as if that means something, as if the impossible window means something, right? And like mm-hmm. how, and and then you start thinking, wait, this is all supposed to make sense. It's not. It doesn't make sense. And the reality is, and Kubrick's even said this himself, when they were making the movie, someone brought that up. They're like, hey, that window, that's that's an impossible window. That can't. People are going to know that th- that can't lead to where it. it purports to leave and he, mm-hmm. he laughed about it said it's a ghost movie gives a shit 
that's this whole movie like I'll give a trying point to that, read yeah. too much into it and there, there are a lot of stuff that this don't make sense just to not make sense to leave it up to interpretation so you and i could have these conversations about sleepaway camp you know but like one of my favorite scenes i don't know why i don't know why maybe it's because he before he it's like one of the last scenes i remember before he goes full psycho we'll like we'll wrap this up i love the scene where wendy is serving jack breakfast in bed and he's just dipping his bacon in his eggs but i didn't notice it until the last time i watched it when you initially see that, it's filmed through a mirror because yeah. his shirt is backwards. Why did he do that? Who fucking knows? Who fucking cares? Frenzy says because it's a ghost movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's one of my it's one of my favorite scenes. And again, it's just one of those like, why is that backwards? Does that mean something? Is it because he faked the moon landing and all that stupid bullshit that they talk about Kubrick? Well, here's the thing, though. This is where it gets mm-hmm. complicated because we haven't even scratched the surface and this is already almost over. But um, coincidentally... Mm-hmm. the stuff that i think's fun a lot of other people think's fun not just mm-hmm. the movie itself but reading into certain things uh established motifs that directors have throughout their movies that is mm-hmm. one yes it it falls in line with this being a ghost story where you don't need to know it doesn't really mean anything but mm-hmm. as far as shooting characters through mirrors that's a huge kubrick motif and a lot of that does have okay. meaning Okay, and that's waiting for you in other movies and books and things like that. It's not on. It's not on retarded conspiracy theory documentaries and websites mm-hmm. about Indian Holocaust or whatever. But mm-hmm. see, like to me, that's super fascinating. Like that is one mm-hmm. of the things he incorporates in all of his movies. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you're interested, you look into it. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's kind of cool. That, then that breadcrumb leads to another thing. The next thing you know, you're actually are watching 2001. Wow, mm-hmm. you you've seen the killing, passive glory. Mm-hmm lolita you're like holy shit this is like dr strange love wait maybe i wasn't necessarily wrong mm-hmm. but now i have a bigger perspective on all these sorts of things maybe well, makes sense. one day i'll be ready to watch barry linden and then my fucking balls are gonna explode because it's one of the best movies ever made honestly <laughs> okay well but, you know the shining does suck <laughs> <laughs> and on that note i think that's the perfect way to end this episode at least talking about the shining so what we're going to do now is we're going to do our stephen king game our, our six degrees of stephen king game basically it's six degrees of kevin bacon we try to put one person like he's going to pull out a picture of an actor or an actress and we try to connect them to a stephen king movie the winner of three rounds gets to pick next week's film that we discuss that's it it's we're it's still a work in progress. We're still figuring out the rules, but that's the basic plot. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to edit this, but let's see if we can even get this to work. That's fine. And I'm not gonna pay attention to the chat, so because I don't want any tips. Even though we do get one lifeline, I believe you said. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That didn't work. So I'll fix it later. Who cares? This has been a disaster. It's been no, a fun disaster. Been... A fun disaster. Have, hey, here's the here's the thing. Have you been paying attention to the chat? I know you have it. They're having a blast. We've had people say that they want this to happen every week. So I will hit you with the bat that Shelly Duvall gingerly swings. I, I think this has been a very good episode. I know that's just the way Frenzy's brain works, and I love you for it, but I think this has been a great episode. So well, It's always great because you're great, but I did go off the deep end. Hold on. I'm just going to do it this way. I'm going to edit this in, but I want you to see the Stephen King intro. Oh, you're going to play it? Okay, cool. That's fine. <laughs> Here's Johnny.
don't think I've expressed my position on Stephen King enough. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll we will get there. You know, because we also honestly, do... you know, this we can't. We don't have enough time. But I prefer the to me the and me and my friends. The Shining is the the Mick Garris version, the nineteen ninety seven. That's the real Shining. Yeah. Well, here, well, here's the thing though. We also do YouTube exclusive videos too. We can always do something like that. Definitely. You know, because you know, even though this episode is live on YouTube, we also upload the audio. You know, for people that don't watch it. We can make, you know, a frenzy or Uncle Creepy, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself on this channel. Uncle Creepy. (laughs) We can still do, you know, why you really hate The Shining if you only watch it on YouTube. So, but this is Uncle Creepy's a new challenge. I want to see if I can do it. I want to see if I can, you know, it's one thing to say I'm in the horror community, but you guys do a lot. I am fucking, you guys put out a lot of material. But honestly, my biggest um, crusade campaign has always been since the beginning for people to watch more of the miniseries, especially mm-hmm. The Shining's one of the, and they're all bad, but yeah, it's the horror community's obsessed with uh, you know schlock and stuff like that. How can you say you're a, a fan of schlock if you don't regularly watch The Shining 1997? It's this transcendental, like life-altering, beautiful train wreck of you know all of the. With very few exceptions. Because it took me two days to watch a two hour and 20 minute version. If I throw in a three and a half hour to four minute version, it'll take me a fucking week. It's four and a half. It's three 90 minute movies. Just watch one a week. Oh, it's so much fun. That's the one I would watch with the whole family. You know <laughs> then, I mean? I hate Cort- I, then I hate Cortland Mead. I don't like looking at that kid. That's the point. <laughs> it, it's like, it's kind of like the phantom menace but without oh, any God. without the good stuff without the actual good stuff like all cut out and it's three times as long or it's actually <laughs> twice as long it's not the best way to sell mcgears's version yeah if you can hear me i've been shuffling okay here we go we ready sure you want to win this one bud i do jim carrey jim carrey uh you definitely want to win this one okay because i will bring the pain oh no uh shit jim carrey's been in everything <laughs> Jim Carrey. Got it. Okay. Jim Carrey, Truman Show, Ed Harris, The Stand. Motherfucker. That one was easy. Can I tie you with the same actor? Is that against our rules? You'd have to get it. Jim Carrey would have to be in a Stephen King movie because that movie has a has a cameo. So you have to get oh. it, you have to get it in one to win. You could hypothetically tie. Uh, like you would still win because the cameo counts as the the tiebreaker. Right. So. The only thing I could think of again is Ed Harris in Truman Show, but Ed Harris is in Needful Things. Right. So since the stand has a, the King cameo, you break that tie, so you get the the, the point. Sorry, man. But you never know. You know, you you wanted me to win. You didn't want me to lose one time when we did Buttercream Gang, and that that movie was fine. Oh yeah. Well, I guarantee you're gonna hate this one though. Oh shit. Okay. Nah, I'm just really fucking with you. I don't fucking know that. That's the problem. Then you're a very um, what's the word? You Gullible? don't trust. You don't trust people. I- I'm your friend. Oh. I prom. I'm really not trying to hurt you. You're very insecure. I trust you I don't enough know to run. What friends have fucked you over? But I'm. I honestly, I don't want you to suffer. And I. But sometimes well, I have just because you you don't expect it. You're always expecting me to be lying. I have to throw in something every once in a while to fuck with you. Yeah, but see, the thing is, you know, I trust you enough to like run the YouTube channel when we're doing the live stuff. But I also made you watch three Leprechaun movies back to back. I know. That you was... still fucking even though you loved you loved Leprechaun Returns. That's I still made I you watch. 
Yeah, I, uh, and that was just luck. Like right. coincidentally, fucking Leprechaun movies. I did. I had no idea that movie was going to be good. Yeah, I was like made for TV or something. It's not Warwick mm-hmm. Davis. Let's give it a shot. And it's like, holy shit, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that is fun, my friend. Okay. Just turn your brain off. Enjoy the show. Like okay. Sleepaway Camp too. Yeah. Sure, but if your brain's on, there's stuff for you there as well. <laughs> Unlike Leprechaun, whatever that was called. Harrison Ford, Harrison baby. Ford. Harrison Ford. Han Solo. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford has been with everybody. Got it. Okay. American Graffiti. Richard Dreyfus. Stand by me. Prick. God damn it. Where was this frenzy like two or three weeks ago? I just got the two easiest ones ever. <laughs> oh shit. Um. Richard Dreyfus is Gordy, all grown up at the end. He's the one when he's typing. Um. Okay. Harrison Ford. Uh, Harrison. F- oh shit. See, it, it's 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 when you put on the spot, it, it's actually a lot harder than it than it seems. Um, With me, I'm usually I'm either fucked or I'm not. Most of the time, I'm fucked. Yeah. Because we're gonna do gentlemen's agreement since we're live, and we don't want people to fall asleep on us. Hold on. I'm I'm stuck on one actor. I can't do it. All right, I'll give it to you. No way. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of it, and it'll come to me. Nope. Go ahead. I was thinking <laughs> you made me think of Leprechaun. So Harrison Ford was, you know, with Warwick Davis and Fear the Jedi. So, but it's okay. Fuck. Oh, you better step up your game, my friend. Are you yeah, going to be watching gymnastics? Well, yeah, and then we don't know too because I also ended up liking Schenectady. It's true. Are you the producers groaning in the background? Charlie Kaufman just dropped a new film on Netflix. Check. I saw that. It's. Fucked. I, I didn't like didn't like physically watch it, but I, I saw he did. He did. And I'm it is totally fucked. Good way, bad way. J Lo done this Jennifer already. Oh, we've had her before though. I remember. Okay. I love J Lo. Mm-hmm. So we're we gonna do her again. Or are you gonna pull another one? Oh no, this this is we never did it in a real game. Oh okay. Because I got a separate stack for uh, all the used got ones. It. Got yeah. it. Jennifer Lopez is in Out of Sight with George Clooney. George Clooney is in From Dust Till Dawn with Tom Savini. Tom Savini is in Creep Show with Stephen King. So I had J Lo. Damn it. J Lo. George Clooney, Tom Savini. That's three with a cameo, so I'd have to get yeah, so, tie for two, yeah. or fi- or figure out a Stephen King movie that she's in. Yep, J Lo is finally good for something. Thank God. J Lo is awesome. What are you talking about? You obviously have never I, seen Enough. No, I like Enough. Enough is I, fucking I, I, awesome. Even though I hate Juliette Lewis, you know, I, I Enough is a good movie. I've grown. I used to hate her too. I just don't. I don't talk about her. You know, and she's. I, she's her eyes are like really close together. Yeah, she's like unfortunate, not looking. <laughs> Some people like that that little preenie girl thing. But she's in a couple of good things. I like the she's great in um, Christmas Vacation, and uh, I like Cape her Fear? in Cape Fear, the uh-huh. remake. Martin Scorsese. Uh, she's in um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yes, she's in some good stuff. I'm I'm totally uh, stalling. Mm-hmm. She's also good in um can't can't do it in that. I, I had three or four in my head. Are you officially giving up? I yeah, I just gave up. Okay, thank God because we easily you easily just could have said uh Jennifer Lopez, Juliet Lewis, enough. Juliet Lewis. Oh no, I don't know if you could have done with the cameo. Gilbert Grape with uh Johnny Depp who was in Secret Window. Yeah, but no cameo, so it would just been a tie. But that's still good. Okay. okay. All Son right. of a biscuit. Two one, Two one frenzy. All right, let's bring it home, baby. Give me something easy. Here we go. Shelly Duvall. <laughs> she, she's in here. She's in here. 
I'm sure Jack Nicholson is too. Yep. I think we already did him though. I Come think on, we might Shelley have. Duvall. Boom. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Fuck, I don't know anything with Meryl Streep. Yeah, you do. Don't ever don't say something like that. Oh, okay, I, I do. I do. Got it. Got it. Good old standby. Meryl Streep is in Death Becomes Her with Bruce Willis, who is in The Expendables with Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> who is in The Running Man. Old standby Arnold. So Meryl to Bruce, Bruce to Arnold. Mm, hmm, hmm. Damn it. Whew. There isn't a week that goes by, I don't think, that I've, I haven't used Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm thinking of ending things. Read the book. Never heard of it. Yeah, that's the Charlie Kaufman movie. Oh, okay. Bitch has only been in a thousand movies. Come on. Come on, <laughs> Uncle Creepy. <sighs> Ties it up. You don't get it. Or it wins it if you do. I legit pulled Death Becomes Her out of my ass, so. So you obviously have seen more Meryl, Meryl Street moment more movies than I have. See, that's what I mean that, you know, when the pressure's on. Oh no, you're gonna hate me. Meryl Streep is in Oh, you're gonna hate me. Go ahead. I think this ties it. Meryl Streep's an adaptation, speaking of Charlie Kaufman, with John Cusack, who's in Cell. You beat me. Because no. I said Bruce Willis. No, because you said Meryl to John. I said Meryl to Bruce to Arnold. Meryl to John. No, Meryl. Meryl to John. They're in the same. Oh, damn it. I, I really thought because if you've seen the movie, um, it's like he's having a flashback to being John Malkovich. So mm-hmm. it's still a new scene that they filmed. It's not a scene. See what I'm saying? So technically he's in that movie. I If he's in that movie with her, it counts. Okay. You win. I would argue if it was a flashback and it was a scene from another movie, it doesn't count. But, well, is is what did you say? She is in John in the movie. What what movie with John Cusack? She she is ma- she's in the movie adaptation, and mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage plays Charlie Kaufman, and they refilmed a scene from being John Malkovich with Nicolas Cage playing Charlie Kaufman, pretending mm-hmm. he's watching them make the movie, being John Malkovich, and John but Cusack's in that scene. <laughs> right, but it, if he's in that scene, well, wait a minute. So would he get an acting credit? Yeah. Then that works. If he gets, a, if they get an acting credit, it counts in my opinion. John Cusack did not receive a credit for his cameo and adaptation because he doesn't have any lines. You win. This text thread is going in the episode, so figure out what you want to watch next week and let me know as soon as possible. Hugs and kisses. You love John Waters. I love one of his movies. We're doing Serial Mom. Sarcastic Jeff. Don't worry, drinking dirty in Jersey. He has been warned that we are going to eventually get to Jim Cotta, but not today. Oh. Yeah, because that was the first thing I thought of. When you said gymnastics, that was the first thing I thought of. Oh no. I'm I'm sitting on the greatest fucking gymnastic movie ever made. This will bring this is painful though. Very Wait. few people. It's the fucking this is gonna be your dune. <laughs> oh, you asshole. Yeah, no, okay. but I mean, you know, it's gonna be the box of pain. Like you're gonna stick your hand in, you're either gonna fail like everyone else uh-huh. who, who i've ever told to stick your hand in the box uh-huh. um or you're the chosen one and no, we're gonna right. have uncle to do P- some we're gonna have to uncle get together and have some gay sex or something because no one likes this movie i guarantee you yeah uncle creepy's on the other side of the glory hole i'm telling you to, to reach in the box great so with that i will say i i personally think this has been a fun episode this has been a successful episode i don't know about next week um, I'm not going to plug anything else because I'm tired. Uh, but I will say this, Frenzy, when you're not hiding out in random hotels 
running around naked, getting out of the tub, scaring Jack Nicholson wannabes. Is there anywhere we can find you, even though you've already said so? You want to go ahead and repeat that? Yes, you can find me at, is this generic or what? I, <laughs> I, had, a I, whole, I had a whole list. I was going to go with, um, well, a good one was uh, Jason, uh, what was it? Jason Kruger Voorhees, like hyphenated Jason Kruger Voorhees, like the last name's Kruger Voorhees. I had all mm-hmm. kinds of fucking dumb names. I wanted to go with something generic. And I can't believe there's really... I can't believe there's not another channel because I did my research. Mm-hmm. There's no channel called Number One Horror. It's hard to believe, right? Well, now there yep. is Number One, baby. Number One Horror. And uh, now, is it, is it pound be... sign? Is mm-hmm. it pound sign one or is it spelled out? It's N O one. Okay. Horror. Okay. I will subscribe to that uh, as we get out of here, unless you just literally just changed your channel name that I'm already subscribed to that. So I with did. that, I will say, I okay. With that, I will say thanks to everyone in the chat, uh, Tochi, producer Rachel, Finley, uh, Whitey's there, Movie Massacre was there earlier. Anyone who wasted their Saturday night, anyone who ra- wasted their Saturday night to watch us bullshit about a movie that everyone in the fucking horror community ha- has talked about much more than they should have, I appreciate it, and I am very excited to do another live stream and keep this going. But I will say... See you in the next one. There we go. So apparently Whitey wants to do Amigo Horror. Mm-hmm. That's okay. We can bump his we can bump his guest star to the bottom of the list. <laughs> you don't want to do it.